Open up your door. The Open Door with Anne-Marie Kelly. You're listening to The Open Door with Anne-Marie Kelly. It's Monday evening. We're here every Monday from 7 o'clock. And it's all about Safe Home Ireland this evening on the programme. Have you heard of them? For one woman, Anne Lawler, she said she could feel the welcome home from them the moment she was in touch with them. She describes Safe Home Ireland like magical people that guided her on her long journey back to Ireland where she wanted to be. Safe Home Ireland was set up and expanded to work with people of all ages, backgrounds, circumstances who want to return home here to live. This year, they're celebrating 21 years. And coming up later on, we'll be talking to the CEO from Leash, Karen McHugh from Safe Home Ireland. But first, to Anne Lawler, who returned recently to Multifarnham. I live in Multifarnham, absolutely. I couldn't believe that it got to such a lovely place. But where were you originally from? I'm from Donegal, but both my parents had died and my family were all living. In fact, my father was living in Dublin for most of the last, you know, 20 years. You know, I wanted so much to come back, you know, uh, and then you get stuck on this. It becomes harder and harder as time goes on. I mean, I'm not married, don't have children or anything. Um, and where were you living? I was in a lovely place, actually, Bexhill-on-Sea on the south coast of England, near Hastings. So how did this work out then that you, you're in Multifarnham? How did you end up here? Uh, my cousin had mentioned, I mean, she knew I wanted to come back. But it's all very well wanting to come back. But how am I going to come back? How am I going to manage to live in Ireland? How am I going to, you know, find... Uh, will I be able to retire? All that sort of thing was, was overwhelming even to think about. I'd already been on to Safe Home Ireland now and they were absolutely wonderful. You know, they gave me, uh, uh, you know, the feeling that it was possible. There was so much love there and the kindness of them. It gave me hope, you know, where I was inclined to sort of say, there is no hope, I won't fit this. They were reassuring me that I would be okay and the journey, you know, not to think too far ahead. You just got to deal with each bit. Would you have said to them, look, I really want to go back to Donegal. Um, I'm, you know, I miss home. I'm, this is my predicament. Do you fill out a form or what way does it work? They send you initial forms. You know, this is for people who are renting in another country who were over 55. I mean, I was 66 and I was half my life in Ireland and half my life in England. There were certain forms to get me connected to one area in Ireland, to one county council. My sister in Westmeath was the one who, who had encouraged me. And so I decided that I would go for Westmeath because in some ways I had a fear of going back anywhere that I had been before. Like it, if it's going to be a new journey, it has to be a new place. You have to start again. Fair enough. And also, I was in a nice position to be connected to family in Sligo, Clare in Dublin, you know, by, by, by train, um, if I was in the Midlands. Right. And actually, the Midlands are very beautiful, you know. Um, I mean, I just think Ireland is so amazing. I see how much Ireland has changed, you know, since I lived here. How old were you when you left Ireland? 33. Right. I was a solicitor at that stage. I was working with my father and I I desperately needed not to be the only family in Donegal with my parents because, you know, if if one of them died, I was going to have to stay. Right. And I'd, I'd never liked law. You know, I'd never, I'd never had hated it from the day I walked into the office. <laughs> really? <laughs> so I spent, I spent 19 years at it. I mm. think it was for karma for something I did in a previous <laughs> life. When you're in it, you can't say it. But now that you're out of it, you can say it. 
Well, they're both dead now, so I can't say. I couldn't bear the thought. I was going to be stuck with you. There's a, if, if there's a crack in the sky and thunder, I know that they... But so, so you got out of it anyway, uh, eventually. Uh, did you want, Where did you go after being... Uh, where did you go I, after Actually, law? there was a shortage of solicitors in London at the right. time. And okay. I went over one... For, I, I did about five interviews in one one day and I got a job I, working in Knightsbridge I mean I've worked in a small place in Donegal so mm. um, it was a it was a it was a culture shock if ever but anyway I was there for, but I um, I didn't like my boss my mother died and anyway I ended up actually moving I, I knew somebody who had a job in Tunbridge Wells and, and she wanted to get out of it so I got into it and right. that was lovely and I was very very happy there um, but then I decided I couldn't I couldn't take law anymore right. and I had to get out. <laughs> so then I ended up, um, you know, I did a TEFL course, you know, and I taught English to foreign students for a while. Right, yes. And then I ended up in working in education in, uh, in Hastings. And that had me working with children and families. And then I ended up as a, as a, as a, uh, a drug and alcohol worker. Wow. I suppose that the youth services, you would have seen particular problems and would have seen where there was a gap maybe. Yeah, you know, sometimes it just, things happened and you changed. But actually, I'd done a, a counselling course and I think that moved me into sort of more of the caring sort of side of things rather. Law was a bit cold and distant. Mm, I can understand. So th- so then you realise, obviously, you wanted to come back. So you're in your 60s and you said, I'm, I'm going to come back. So you're now back in Multifarnham. Safe Home Ireland walked me through they took me from that fear base of, right. of almost rigid fear really yeah. and it wasn't I, I didn't have any fear of being in Ireland my fear was being in Ireland independent you know uh, not you know putting pressure on anybody else they removed all the barriers that really basically was that they removed every barrier that you had and clarified everything, gave you the forms, told you about all the various systems in Ireland. No, I had to find the place myself. And oh. I found a most amazing apartment <laughs> in, in Multifarnham, <laughs> you know, um, an, an idyllic village with its own park and now with a kind of a, a, a beautiful like botanic garden and a friary. You know, it's been it's been magical. And did my, you my journey? Did you literally go on Google? And find it. No, I went on Daft IE, right. which seemed like which seemed like a bit of a bizarre name to be going. You know, <laughs> I'm looking for something. I'm desperate to find a home. Well, what do you go on? What, what website did you go on? Oh, I went on Daft IE. Oh, you're really clever. You're right. I mean, so you said, what did you say? It was like magic. All those months in lockdown, I was just there thanking God every single day for the miracle that had brought me to this amazing apartment I was in in Multifarnham. Mm. And I mean, like I found by, by myself when I really was no more fit, you know, to, to, to downsize my house, I was physically and mentally, you know, fraught. They had wooed me. You know, there was a wonderful girl called uh, Mary Ann and, and she was just wonderful. And, you know, I trusted them. And, and when I came back, I could have sat in my chair and just looked out the window. But it's a, it sounds like a very personal service from the girls. They, they couldn't do enough for you. I could feel the welcome home in them from the moment I was in touch with them. It was like almost mystical. Yes. They were my guide. They were like these magical people that were my guide to take me on this journey back to where I needed to be. 
I couldn't wait. At the end of my first year, which was like, you know, um, well, it was just after the end of the first year, I went to a concert, you know, a Sean Keane concert in Mulrani. And I was so excited that I was going to be meeting these people, you know, and thank them face to face. That was the climax at the end of my first year in Ireland was to say thank you so much because what you gave me, you know, during a really difficult time for me, uh, emotionally and physically and um, they were there holding my hand all the way and they were there after I came back and when I met them they said we're still here for you that's you lovely know? I mean it's like a community almost made for you isn't it it was and, and I didn't realise until I came back that one of the most difficult things was that terrible fear you know the, the fear wouldn't be coming into Ireland someone says you know what would it be was it going to be difficult like was it going to be a cultural shock I never I knew I would love it once mm. I was there. And it would matter where you put me. You know, someone said to me, what, what, what are you doing in that bog, that, that bog in, in, in the middle of Ireland? <laughs> and I, I, I said, excuse me, I am in the most beautiful village. You know, people come down and they cannot believe that I have landed where what, I've landed. What's the fear? Tell me what that fear is then. Well, well that fear is, is, is like... Um, it's a lack of faith in yourself. It's a lack of belief. It's afraid to believe mm. that this could really happen. Because, you know, for me anyway, I felt that was the biggest thing, that they, were, they, they helped me to believe that if I trusted them, it will happen. It's like they took the reins for you, didn't they? Yeah, but, 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 you know, I mean, they would say to you, you did all the work, but actually, you know, what they gave you was like a bit like, it's a bit like a doctor, you know, um, cuts you up and does all the things, but it's the nurse that brings you back. Mm-hmm. It's the nurse's care and and understanding that actually brings you from that broken person to something else. And I think it was very much like that for me with Safe Home Ireland. I'm in awe of them and my family are. My family are so grateful and so surprised that so many nobody knows about them. Well look, you let's know. let's let's spread the word. I mean Spread you. the word, Anne Marie. That's it. Get <laughs> out there. <laughs> and, and get the twelve apostles and just go far and wide and spread the word. If you want a a, a, a wonky apostle, I'm very happy to come along with you. <laughs> One more question. Look, your community now in Ireland. What have you made friends? Oh, well, it's wonderful here. There's an amazing uh, retired, uh, mm-hmm. you know, association uh, from Brosna, Multifarnham, Balnafid. But it's marvellous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there's endless uh, things on in the community centre classes. And I'm doing acrylics and I'm absolutely loving it. But I'm meeting lots of people through it. I'm as happy as Larry. I couldn't be happier. But you're open though around, as well, aren't you? You sound like but, you're a very open person. Oh, and my sister, I to have, you know what she said to me before? <laughs> she said, don't be telling her all about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, who am I supposed to talk to her about? Well, well, I love. I mean, I think that if people can hear this and hear how happy you are, uh, it's it's enough. I thank God for. I never want to ever ever get complacent about it. I want every day, you know, to appreciate the great gift that being back in Ireland is, and how how wonderful, how how amazed I am watching television, just how much celebration there is on in, in Irish television about about the vibrancy of, 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 of what's going on in Ireland. And local radio, Anne, say that as well. And local radio. <laughs> Look, if Anne-Marie, I am a devoted fan of Midland Radio. Oh, good woman. Right. Devoted. And, and if I wasn't before today, <laughs> I am now. <laughs>
I think I'm going to have to meet Anne Lawler for a cup of tea in Multifarnham. It'd be a great open door, wouldn't it? That'll happen in the new year. Thank you so much, Anne, for telling us your story about your work with Safe Home Ireland. And we speak to Karen. Karen McHugh is from Portleash. Uh, she leads the Safe Home Ireland charity with plenty more stories to tell. That's next. Open up the door. The Open Door with Anne-Marie Kelly on Midlands 103. Anne Lawler has been talking to us uh, on the programme and what a wonderful story to see somebody in her 60s building up a brand new world and a brand new community for herself, taking her whole life away from where she was to here and magic, she said. Well, it's magic for us to hear that because Safe Home Ireland is all about bringing people home and supporting people when they get back. It was our privilege and honour to support Anne. And there are many Anne's around the country and we are a very small charity, what I always say with a very big heart. Safe Home was set up in the year 2000 and it was initially set up to support older Irish-born immigrants abroad returned home. And over the years, our work expanded because time changes and needs change. So we now work with people of all ages, of all backgrounds, of all circumstances who want to return home to live. Now, we don't have housing ourselves. We don't own any properties, but we work with local authorities and voluntary housing bodies right around the country. How did this begin for you? I mean, how did you become involved in 2000? Did you you see a need or did somebody approach you or? Well, in... um, Safe Home was set up in Mulrani in County Mayo. Right, yeah. And it was the brainchild of a rural GP, Dr Jerry Cowley, who was meeting with older people, asking about their relatives abroad and is there any chance they could be supported to return home. It took a couple of years to develop that and one of the first people that supported the initiative was a woman by the name of Mary Caffrey, who is 100, Yes. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So she was one of the first people that, uh, I suppose, inspired Dr Cowley to set up Safe Home Ireland. So since that, the organisation has grown and expanded from, as I said, information, how, access to housing, and the other critical area is outreach, which we can go and visit people. Now, in Anne's situation, Anne came home in during COVID yes. and during restrictions which it has really been difficult for anybody who returned home in, in these particular times because, unfortunately, we weren't able to go and visit people yeah. because of the, all the restrictions that were in place. So um, it is a key service outreach uh, where we can visit people in their own homes right around the country in every county in Ireland. So it's, it's quite unique. There is no other service that can offer that facility. So... Since 2000, how many people have we brought, Have you brought back? Right, okay. Well, I have specific stats as of uh, <laughs> yesterday. We have directly assisted 2,194 people. So that's an average of just over two a week mm. since our inception. And that is either people who came back directly via Safe Home or who we've support uh, return via housing. The first step is, is the phone call and then yes. the second step is actually doing something. And yeah. do you, say for instance, I was in, in Kent in England, yeah. right, and I wanted to come home and I made the first phone call. Do you ring back? Yeah, what we generally would do is, I suppose we have people literally all over the world. Somebody may ring us from just countries that come to mind that we're working with at the moment, Sri Lanka, Spain, Italy, um, other countries, but 
quite different yes. regions that people might not think of. Generally, somebody rings us. If they're ringing abroad, we offer to ring them back straight away because of the cost of calls as well. Yeah. So we will do that. And everybody, I suppose the first call is the most nerve wracking. You know, you're really not sure what you're even looking for. Yeah. You're not sure what you're doing. But sometimes that's, I suppose, the most critical step. You're is, used to that. Yes. Yeah. And we know when someone makes that first call that they there is a little seed planted that they are thinking, I need to get some information before I can make a decision. Right. So I suppose that's our initial role is to put that person in, at ease and that we can, you know, reassure them that, that we are networks. here. Yeah. yeah, that they are not alone. Yeah. And that's critical. Just that listening ear as well, because, you know, sometimes we get calls. I took a call last week from somebody uh, about a, a sibling in Europe. And she just cried, rang up, cried immediately. So I wasn't even able to get the story. Then I suppose at the end of the conversation, we were laughing. So I think it's that whole experience of being with somebody and holding somebody, holding someone's hand, so to speak, because mm. you're in different countries. and It could be any story. Mm. They could be in a situation where they have to get out of mm. what the situation they're in, or it could be a, a situation of just wanting to homesickness. Yeah. Home is always, it's in your heart. So when you leave your country, there's a little bit of you that's still there. Yeah. And, you know, for some people, the desire is very strong to come back home. I suppose for others, people have made new lives. They have children or relationships or grandchildren. And I suppose circumstances um don't, I suppose, permit them to come back that easy because, mm. you know, they may not get work. There may be challenges in housing and schooling and all of that. Every situation is so different. And I suppose what we would like to get across, particularly to anybody listening, is every one of us has a person who either left the country, either our, our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents. Immigration has hit every Irish family. And I suppose the message we would like to get across, if there's anybody listening that has a family member abroad who may be doing very well for themselves, who may equally be in challenging situations to get in touch. So our service is for everybody, regardless of age or circumstances. So for somebody, it may be somebody who's a professional in Australia or Canada um, who just doesn't know where to start. So and just needs that information. Okay, so it doesn't so, mean, to, does it have to be somebody who's <clears throat> older? No, we work with all ages. Okay. All ages. So the information uh, is for anybody, any age, any circumstance, any part of the world. The uh, housing is specifically for people who, it's hard to say it's older because it's age 57 plus. So it's not really older, mm. but it is people. And that's not necessarily our call. That's, I suppose, our founder and my predecessor, uh, Maureen Higgins, would have worked very much in the early days to get regulations adapted so that older Irish born people abroad could return home. It's not an easy process. And I suppose what we do is we take away all that from the person. So we will take the person through the the application forms that have to be filled in, all the paperwork. And I suppose we have a duty to our immigrants. They have sent the money home and they are the people now who are abroad who would like to come home. So it is about giving back and it is about accepting our duty of care as well to those who, you know, some left in very difficult circumstances. And mm. we know some of the reasons why people left because of our systems here in Ireland. Um, they may not have fit fitted in or they may have had negative experiences in systems in Ireland and in institutions. So course, I think we yeah. owe people a debt 
Um, and I think we need to be very careful in how we put that message across and how people respond to that because you know we are talking about small numbers but we are talking about people who have supported us uh, in our difficult days. When they come back then <clears throat> Karen I mean, I'm sure it's as difficult not only for them but for you to make sure that the, the scaffolding is there for them that they're able to like Anne would say she's in, in acrylics now she's doing you know in the community and she loves it yeah. and loves the fact that she can talk yeah. and gives that feeling that she has found her community. And I suppose that's yeah. as important. Do you then make yeah. sure that when this person <clears throat> comes back, they're placed in an area, that they're not necessarily isolated, that there is networks there for them to tune into? Yeah, I suppose that's that's very important. So once somebody comes back, if we can, we will visit them. And that's regardless of whether they came back yeah. via housing through Safe Home or, or not. So we can visit them in their own homes. Um, unfortunately, it's been challenging in the last year with COVID, but we are still visiting and we are going out. Yeah. Um, so I suppose what we would do is we would support someone emotionally. And I know myself as a twice returned immigrant, the emotional is probably the most challenging. Yeah. Um, the readjustment and it's a huge emotional journey. And we encourage people to treat it as a new immigration experience rather than just coming home. So that's one aspect. I suppose the other is we try and connect the person as much as possible into local services so that, you know, that they're not alone or isolated. Mm. Um, some people don't necessarily move back to where family are or may not have had family or their family. Unfortunately, in some situations, their family don't really want them to be back either. Yeah. So I suppose we have to do our best to make sure that we don't just offer somebody one or two appointments we don't cut you know everybody is different somebody might not even need an appointment with us they might need to see us mm. somebody else might need 10 appointments so I think it's only right and fair that we treat somebody as an individual based on their circumstances uh, so we may visit someone 10 times so there's no it's, ticking boxes there is it's, no ticking yeah, box and safe. Yeah. safe home is not about ticking boxes safe home is about safe home and that is as simple as that, that we want somebody to be at home, to be happy and to be uh, safe as well. Tell us <clears> some <throat> stories then, if you can. And mm. obviously you can't use names that, that you, yeah. know, you would have come across over the years. Two that come to my memory immediately and both came home during COVID. The first one I will would be a happy one. And uh, the second one is a little bit sad. So the first one is uh, we were contacted by a family who lived in the UK and were fleeing domestic violence okay and we encouraged them to um, seek support there initially and because they were coming home early days of COVID July 2020 it was going to be quite difficult to access any services here yeah. uh, fortunately a family member came forward and they were able to come to the family member in rural Tipperary I was able to visit that person and the children and um, so they came to their uncle in a very very happy situation in rural Tipperary and very rural and it was very difficult in the early days uh, for the experience and the trauma that they they all experienced so I supported that family for a number of months made a number of visits during Covid times we sat outside filling forms because of the restrictions I suppose just before last Christmas they were able to move into private secure private rented housing in a town in Tipperary and the children are now at school doing very well. Their mother is doing incredibly well. They were able to get some counselling and supports and they're very much connected into the community. 
and that is wonderful uh the person i'm able to to talk about the person is because she did a poem at one of her facebook live events right. and she did a poem about safe home and what it meant to her to have been able to come home and that we were we rescued her a chain of peace of hope and pride linked one by one to help us guide to guide we give we teach we hear we keep hatred far and justice near we seek we speak we embrace the new just think of me how i think of you clean our lands our hands and hearts forever mending the broken parts broken society and sickness to cure, building the future to be more secure, done with the fighting, the pointing, the blame. Life is real, but we've been played like a game. I, for one, I'm so ready to walk. Enough with the dreaming and talking the talk. I hope you all enjoyed listening to my poem. I am looking forward to next time. Thank you so much and good luck. Remember, the more you love, the more you learn. And we supported her in that journey and she said she'd never forget that. Um, and I suppose it's, it's, it's very positive for us when we know that we, we have the before, the during and the after. I was going to say that. And it's the journey, isn't it? It's the journey. And mm. I suppose she's a writer and she's a poet and she's writing a children's book at the moment. She's also an Irish Muslim. So it's lovely to be able to, I suppose, get the word out there that Irishness is broad you know it's not just older Irish people we work with that are born in Ireland we work with second generation we work with Irish people of mixed race we work across the whole spectrum of what Irishness means mm. in article three of our constitution how did she hear about you initially she heard about us on the web yeah so google right yeah which is great that they you know that coming yeah. home and yeah. people uh and I suppose they word of mouth is often how people hear about us and that's great that people spread the news also i suppose we work with irish centers abroad as well i was gonna say yeah, and yeah. um now because of this situation it was very quick and sudden so we weren't able to connect to a service and equally all services were closed at that stage mm. i suppose the nature of the work of safe home ireland we can go and visit people and we can so to speak hold someone's hand and support the person through the journey it's it's about weaning off when the time is right you know that and the person knows that they don't need you anymore um, but they will always be the contact. We have to see your cards. You we know, have uh, cards. You're like my mum to me. <laughs> There's some lovely cards there, you know. Yeah. All the thank you cards. Just taking a quick break, we'll be back with Karen, who has that other story to tell about John. A sad story, actually, about somebody she brought back. But he did get beautiful closure at the end of his life. That's coming up on the way. And a big fundraiser taking place tomorrow evening with their ambassador, Sean Kane. That's coming up next. You're listening to The Open Door. It's a Monday evening with Anne-Marie Kelly and I'm talking with a Port Leash woman. She's the chief executive of the charity, which is part funded with a tiny staff and they bring people from abroad who are in trouble or who just want to come home under any circumstances or any ages. They bring them home safely and try and set them up here. Safe Home Ireland is the name. Um, they're looking for you to help out. We'll find out on the way. Sean Kane is their ambassador and she'll be talking about the fundraiser happening tomorrow evening on Giving Monday. But back to Karen speaking about the second story she wanted to tell us tonight. The other story is a person who I visited in 2017 who applied to safe home to return home to live from Galway. And he, um, I visited him and the 
beginning of COVID, we did what we called the COVID calls. So we rang everybody who was on our housing list or who had any contact with us um, at all to check in to see how they were coping, how they were doing. Could we link them into local services? Um, and if they were on our housing list, because we have a, a, a housing list, um, are they still really thinking about coming home? So this particular person said, yes, um, I would definitely love to come home. So one of our staff, uh, Brenda, uh, made this particular call and she then uh, encouraged the person to contact a loan. He rang a loan and um, there was a vacancy because we knew there was a vacancy. Uh, so we then we were able to work with Dublin City Council and all nominations to safe home must go through the councils, every council. So they were able to nominate this person to a loan. So he came home in August 2020 as well. And I also um, had the, the pleasure, absolute pleasure of supporting this person. He was home and he just loved it. And Galway. No, in Dublin. In Dublin. His family were in Dublin. Sorry. So he was born in Galway. He was doing very well and then he had his medical appointment and just checkups and all the rest and um, he had cancer, myeloma, I think. Went into hospital for treatment, uh, minor, uh, you know, wasn't terminal. Early this year, went into hospital and he contacted COVID in hospital. Uh, he had his, obviously there was, all in the ward had COVID. Yeah. Four people in the ward got COVID, all went in COVID free. The other three died. And he survived. I supported him for months afterwards when he finally got out. And I visited him one day in October and he wasn't feeling great. This is a month ago? Yeah. Right. Um, and he wasn't feeling great. And he said, um, he was kind of very confused, etc. So I said, look, come on, we're going to ring the doctor. And we rang the doctor and they couldn't see him for whatever length of time. So I said, we'll go to the pharmacy downstairs because, you know, mm. just check his blood and all that. So he did the blood pressure and they said, it's fine. Um, so the doctor rang me. Yeah, he was, I kind of left him feeling he was okay. So the doctor rang me the next morning and uh, asked, does he need a home visit? And I said, I really think it would be a good idea. They visited and he went into hospital. Unfortunately, he died. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, so, so he, um, I suppose he's somebody that touched all of our lives. This is one of the cards he gave he gave to me. On the front of the card, go visit the the vast horizon. Tell me, how and old was I he? Just, he? He was in his early 70s. I, I, um, I call him John because John wasn't his real name, but for privacy and family yeah. privacy. He touched all of our lives in Safe Home Ireland. And he was um, one of those kind gentlemen. Last Christmas, he got us a lovely prince, as in he, I, I was one day in his, in his flat and he had all these lovely prints of Dublin up on the wall and there was one of um, the Cobblestone pub. Yeah. And I was looking at that and I, anyways, and there was another one of Bewley's and there was a few different prints. And when I went to visit him, he had a print for me of the Cobblestone. I said, first of all, I'm not accepting anything. Mm. You know, we don't accept um, gifts. gifts. And he said, no, you have to. I bought this for you. So he said, the way you looked at that photo, I knew it meant something to you. Oh. So he, John sent, um, he loved music. He played in a band um, for many, many years and he was a drummer and right. he was a character. But he um, also sent Brenda, who made that call. He never forgot Brenda either. And he would send us CDs that he would tape. 
um, beautiful CDs. That's and how he showed his love and just gratitude. his gratitude. Yeah. And Marianne in her office, who was the first person, he would send CDs and you know of he loved Leonard Cohen, <laughs> and I suppose he's a Galway man, and he also uh, was a fan of Sean Cain, who is our ambassador as well. Who I talked to you a little bit about maybe like if you were to help me to come home, mm. and I don't know you, yeah, but if you were to help me. You'll never forget that person. Like, yeah. you, like you mentioned those people who work on the ground. Mm. I'm sure that like the Marianne's, they have become so important mm. in the likes of John in his mm. past. In yeah. their life, it's not just a service. It's no. almost like a very no. personal, yeah. isn't yeah. it? You know? Yeah, I mean, that's her intention, that it is a very personalised, individualised service yeah, and support. Yeah, you'll never forget it. No, 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 absolutely. I mean, the thousands, you know, the 2,194 people had a contact with Safe Home Ireland to be able to be back in Ireland. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's, we're in a very privileged position as well because I suppose we're, and we're also in a very kind of challenging position because, you know, we have to kind of, you know, not give people too many hopes Um and equally not to kind of discourage people. So it's, it's, it is a challenging and privileged position. And yeah, every situation is so different. And I suppose other things from a listener's point of view in recent times where we are getting calls, a lot more calls from relatives in Ireland about family abroad. And I think some of that is due to COVID where, you know, isolated. we're all worried about our yeah. relatives abroad yeah. because they can't come home. And let's say Australia in particular in New Zealand, they won't have been able to leave the country for nearly two years. Mm. So, you know, it's there are challenges in, in worries for family as well. And, you know, that's I suppose we, we try and connect with people as much as possible, which I'll tell you a little bit about later. The other, I suppose, about relatives, some people have relatives abroad in nursing care. And I suppose there's lots of situations that we've, we're working and supporting at the moment. Uh, I know we're supporting someone who had a, a tragic car accident in New York who ended up in nursing care. And um, their relative here is, we're supporting them in the process of that person returning to nursing care here so that they can have the support of the family. And whereas they were on their own in New York, um, somebody else in, in Italy and in Spain at the moment. So... You know, it is it is something that it is possible and it's possible to do it with our support to return with nursing care. It is challenging. Yeah. It's not straightforward, but it is possible. And, you know, we all want those that are close to us to be close, to be nearby if they're mm. not well. And, you know, well, it's a human. It's the human aspect, you see, in every single story. You're every story, with, yeah. every story. And, you know, everybody is someone's brother or mother or father or sister or cousin you know how are you supported then we are part funded through the department of foreign affairs the immigrant support program uh, to whom we're very grateful from day one they believed in safe home ireland and have supported us and there are very few organizations like us in the world none that we have ever ever been able to locate about bringing people home right. so we are only part funded and I suppose that is a challenge for us uh, to secure funds. We're a tiny charity. We've only four staff. We're all home-based, remotely-based. And they're, all those are our own private. You know, they're not covered uh, by Safe Home. That's, uh, so, so it might be nine to five because, you know, they're all living oh, there's different hours. Oh, there's never nine to five. Yeah. So I suppose in terms of our funding, this, this year what we have, we are celebrating our 21st anniversary this year. So First. we are 21. 
in 21. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. 21 and you, 21. Yes, so, but you can't have a party. <laughs> no, we can't have a party. Um, but we, during the year, we had a number of um, online events. And I suppose we started off last year doing our Facebook Live. We did two last year, just at the start of COVID in May 2020. We did two, one at the beginning of May and one at the end of May. And then this year we decided any uh, celebrations to, to mark 21st would be online. Then tomorrow <laughs> night then, you Sean is singing tomorrow night Yes, yeah, so we're, we're doing a celebration to our final one for our 21st anniversary on Giving Tuesday, which is tomorrow. We are, I suppose, trying to reach out to people all over the world. And that this is a global day of giving tomorrow. Giving Tuesday uh, developed in New York in 2012 and it follows Thanksgiving, which is to, which was last, last Thursday, Thursday and Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So after all the celebrations and all the spending, uh, Giving Tuesday is a day that I really it should be giving. giving it should be giving Wednesday, then Thanksgiving, then spending yes. money because there's no money left after. That's true. Ah <laughs> uh, well, hopefully people will have some money left for well, tomorrow. Hopefully Irish people will have kept the money anyway yes. to spend local. Yeah. So giving, yeah. giving. So what we're doing tomorrow evening is uh, Sean uh, Cain is our, as I said our ambassador. So we are doing a live performance from Cara Cottage, his ancestral home in Galway, and I'll be there myself. And we will be live on Facebook and YouTube from Safe Home Ireland Facebook page and our Safe Home Ireland YouTube page and Sean Kane's Facebook page as well. So it will be a short broadcast. And what time are you talking? It is at 5 p.m. Um, Irish time, which kind of it's, it's early morning in the in the U.S. So we may repeat it again later that night as well, Very good. Uh, just to, to get the different audience. So what we are is we are asking people to support Safe Home Ireland as their cause this year. And we know there are 40 other uh, charities in Ireland who are doing something for Giving Tuesday. It's a new concept here, but we hope we can lead the way and um, encourage people to support us. Any donation over 10 euro, people will get a poetry book. So we will post a poetry book, our, our latest publication to anybody for 10 euro plus donations. Um, so we are really hopeful people will come and join uh, so to hear some great music by Sean and we may have uh, a couple of people speaking as well who returned with Safe Home Ireland support as well. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thoroughly enjoyed talking to Karen McHugh from Portleash. Safe Home Ireland is the charity. You'll find them on Facebook tomorrow evening when you want to tune in to Sean Kane's concert at five o'clock and also Safe Home Ireland on YouTube as well. And thanks again to Anne Lawler who spoke to us and gave us her story earlier. This is Sean Kane. Home is where the heart is. Thanks for listening. The only thing I see ahead is just the heat rising off the road. Rainbows I keep chasing, keep on fading before I find my dog of gold. And more and more I'm thinking that the only treasure that I'd ever know are long ago and far behind, wrapped up in my memories of home. home a swimming hole and a fishing pole and a fiend in the muddy road between my toes. Home was a back porch swing where I would sit and Mama sang amazing grace while she hung out the clothes. 
Home was an easy chair with my daddy there And the smell of Sunday supper on the stove My footsteps carry me away But in my mind I'm always going As the miles that lay there And it's too late to listen Hear the words of wisdom That my daddy said And the straight and old path he showed me Turn into a thousand winding roads My footsteps guiding me away But in my mind I'm always Hole and a fishing pole and a field and the muddy road between my toes. Home was a back porch swing where I would sit and Mama sang the maiden grace while she hung out the clothes. Home was an easy chair with my daddy there and the smell of Sunday supper on the stove. My footsteps carry me away, but in my mind I'm always going home. And the straight and old path he showed me turned into a thousand winding roads. My footsteps carry me away, but in my mind I'm always.